Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back for another episode of the Long Lost Heroes podcast. I am AJ, and here with... Ah, Frank is here too. How are you doing, buddy? Frank! <laughs> Good. Um, we are so glad to be back. Uh, you know, we had a little bit of a nice time uh, enjoying the uh, beautiful summer uh, atmosphere and air up at SPAC. See Dave and Tim. It was really awesome. Um, but, you know, now we are back on it. You know, going to hit the next uh, round of summer films. Uh, but while we're kind of in this in-between period... Uh, I don't think any of us are going to be going to go to see uh, the movies that are coming out this weekend. I think there's like a, a Despicable Me is coming out this weekend. Do you plan on seeing this, Frank? Uh, you know, I probably will. Um, I've I really enjoyed. Yeah, but the... this is a rent, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's I don't know. It's not getting quite as good buzz. Um, I I think I'm traveling this weekend too, so it may be problematic to see it right now. But uh, again, like if it's something I see. Later down there, I'm, I will see the movie eventually. I probably in the next couple of weeks or so, but probably not this weekend. Um, right. And then, cool. uh, yeah, yeah, we've got Spider-Man: Homecoming coming up, and uh, Planet of the Apes, and. Uh, oh my God! Yes, I'm excited uh, about Planet of the Apes, but I we'll am, give Planet of the Apes its due. We will, and I, I'm really actually excited about uh, Valerian, uh, City of a Thousand Planets, because. Luke Besson, Fifth Element. It's it just, it's. I think if he had made uh, this movie 20 years ago when he made Fifth Element, it would look the same. And I, I think it's just the technology has finally caught up to his vision, and uh, it's gonna be incredible. It's kind of a. Yeah, I'm. I'm excited to see it. I'm curious to see what it looks like. Yeah. Um. And you know, I'm definitely down. You know, and then shortly after that, we have, we have Dunkirk coming out in July. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's yep. going to be great. Another uh, Christopher Nolan, you know, epic on a genre. Yeah. It, it kind of bums me out you that, know, that I, August is so quiet. Like, there, I was looking at the movie release schedule last night, even, and, and it's there's a huge gap. You know, nothing in August, really, that I think for genre movie fans are, are really uh, going to go out to see. Uh, I, the next thing I saw was, like, September with Kingsman. You know, that's, that's the next one I'd be... Wow. interested in but we, we've got a lot to get through before then uh, but uh, I think at least the first thing we kind of want to cover which is sort of a combination of movies and TV we've got the uh, brand new Inhumans trailer uh, which it is technically a TV show um, it's going to be airing on ABC this fall but it uh, begins and premieres in IMAX theaters uh early September, so it's kind of going to have that epic movie quality, at least in the first two episodes or two hours or whatever they're they're going to do, so AJ, did you watch the trailer? Dude, I did uh, just recently and as it came out today mm-hmm. and I really uh, am intrigued about this, it looks kind of like uh, Marvel's Game of Thrones in a little ways, and I don't mean to just say that because <laughs> Um, Ramsey Bolton is in this shit, yeah. but it looks crazy to me that you know, and epic and interesting, and I'm curious to see what it's going to look like in the theaters. And listen, I watched the first few seasons of Agents of Shield. I think it's a tough show to keep following because the drama is so 
minimum and the formula is so clear it, it, like it's fine in, in its own way but like i haven't really followed it since then not to say that i wouldn't watch it if it's on or right. you know like in a hotel when i'm traveling or something uh but to me like this like the inhumans like this i think i could get behind like this looks like a show that's gonna you know pique my interest in terms of you know uh high quality drama on TV which I know that Marvel can do totally on Netflix and now we'll see you know them bringing a second show to ABC yeah. um, how this is going to stand up I was absolutely a fan of Agent Carter I thought that was a really yeah. great show I really liked her um, so I enjoyed watching um, you know up until it was cancelled uh, what I would hope that they do is they kind of treat this as a Netflix show and maybe give this like a 10 o'clock time slot and make sure that they can, you know, for as much as they can do on, you know, major network television, uh, give it some kind of an edge so that the fans are, you know, drawn to it in the same way that they are on Netflix. Yeah. You know, I, I think you made a lot of good points right there that, uh, what they're doing with this, this show is taking a lot of elements of, uh, other shows that they've done before that had, you know, really good elements of that formula so they're making it a short show it's i think eight episodes which they did obviously uh agent carter maybe had 10 13 per season it, it was short it was aired mm -hmm. in between uh agents of shield um you know most of the netflix shows have been 13 episodes so you know telling a story over eight hours versus 22 is a lot easier especially for for the audience and you, you don't have to mix in that procedural uh element that stretches things out over week to week now i i do still watch agents of shield and i um have actually been enjoying it and this season was great um and obviously they they introduced inhumans I, i'd be interested to see if there's any connection to that um or if they're going to kind of keep them separate at this point uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think the trailer looked pretty good. Um, I think it's a little early. I think there are still um, some things that they they'll probably update with some of the, the CGI and some uh, of the effects, which is to be expected. And that happens in movies too. You know, the the trailer that comes out a couple months in advance of it uh, versus the one that drops like the week before. You, you can see a lot of differences, and they do a lot of work. That being said, I think. Lockjaw, the, the the gigantic teleporting dog, looked pretty awesome. Regardless, I think it's that is going to be a, a fan favorite. Um, now, obviously, for 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 people that don't know, the Inhumans are sort of um, Marvel's second take on uh, mutants, which uh, the MCU does not have access to mutants right now. That uh, lands with with Fox, so to have this type of uh, story where you've got uh, human characters that have been somewhat transformed and have special powers, it, it sounds like the X-Men. Now, the the fact that it's focusing on the Inhuman royal family gets me even more excited. I've actually read some of the Inhuman comics in the past, and they are all really interesting characters. Now, the one thing that, and maybe uh, you might not get this so much from the trailer, but pretty much the central character, Black Bolt, doesn't speak. So I'm really curious to see how they're going to play that out over the course of a season. Like, How are they going to have someone... You know, it's one thing to read it in a comic book uh, and to, to just see him brooding and 
look like he's having all these different thoughts. And But to have a character on screen not speak throughout the course of the season, uh, I'll, I will applaud them if, if, if it comes out uh, in a positive way. Um, that being said, I am oh, yeah. absolutely planning to, to go see it when it comes out in theaters. So that is actually something that we've got looking forward to in early September, at least. Uh, will you be attending as well? Yeah, I think so. I think that that sounds fun. I, if I could go and see like Game of Thrones in like the IMAX or like the, when they did it at Barclays, like that would be cool. But I, you know, at the same time, like I also like watching it with you know everyone else and being on Twitter and like experiencing it. So I think it'll be cool to uh, try. I'll definitely try. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. So uh, moving right around in the same world as uh, Marvel. Breaking into uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming coming out next week, uh, the first uh, in what is said to be a new a trilogy of new Spider-Man movies that are based with inside the within the MCU uh, in continuity with you know Iron Man and the Avengers and everybody else uh, comes out next week. Stars Tom Holland, Robert Downey Jr., Marissa Tomei. Uh, you know you have tons of really uh, other great talent in Michael there. Keaton. I thought, did you see Hannibal? Michael fucking Keaton, he's going to be the bad guy. He's yeah. kind of playing Birdman again as uh the what who is who's this guy, the Raven? Uh Vulture, this guy again? Vulture. Vulture, Vulture. Yeah, yeah I did There's see the so thing about Hannibal lose... Burris. That was hilarious. So Dude, he's the, he is the fucking coolest. That's all that was awesome. Yeah, so if basically Hannibal get, tell us yeah, I'm sorry, Frank. No, no, go ahead. You you uh you seem uh, to <laughs> to know the story pretty well. Uh, yeah, I'm, no, I was uh, just checking, um, uh, you know, my phone last night flying home, and I saw that Hannibal Burris, instead of attending the uh, Spider-Man Homecoming premiere, sent, like, a model, like, look-alike of himself, <laughs> and, like, totally fooled the, you know, innocent news media who really do not pay attention to him or, you know, really know what he looks like, which is, you know, messed up in and of itself. <laughs> However, <laughs> it's also really, really funny. So it was really funny today to see he posted on Instagram. He's like, you guys check me out last night at the premiere. <laughs> and I just think that that's awesome. So <laughs> Hannibal Burris, he's going to be in it somewhere. I think he plays a gym teacher or something. So we'll see him yeah. uh, you know, in the film uh, next weekend. Uh, also, you have Danny uh, Donald Glover in there. He's going to be you know, rumored to be something or have something going on. I don't know, man. I'm pretty excited about this movie. Um, I think that uh, my, it, you know, uh, expectations are set pretty high. Um, the last time I saw a Spider-Man movie in theaters was not on opening weekend. I did not go see Amazing Spider-Man 2 uh, opening weekend. I waited a few weeks, and then I kind of went and hate-watched it in theaters by myself <laughs> one day. And yeah. uh, to, be totally, to be totally honest, like, you know, there are parts of that movie that are really not bad. And it's a shame that, uh, you know, we lose Andrew Garfield. It's a shame that we lose, uh, you know, kind of the uh, the ideas. And I think the, the way they were going with, you know, the talent that they had, you know, yeah. I, think, I think it's awesome. Whereas this really looks like a generic Marvel movie. Like, you know, you have, uh, you know, Michael Douglas in there. You had uh, just really great you know characters you know i think emma stone was really amazing 
as Gwen Stacy. Mm-hmm. Having said that, uh, I'm pretty excited to see what they do with this new Spider-Man. I'm sorry I've been yakking for a bit. No, it's um, okay, man. I, 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 I feel you. I, I know that uh, Spider-Man is probably your favorite character. I, I, I think. Is that yeah, true? I, I, love, <laughs> I mean, like, I love, I love, I love Spider-Man. He's from Queens. I'm from Queens. Like, he's the best. He's yeah. the coolest. Um, he's, yeah. you know, the most relevant superhero. I love seeing the early movies. You know, he's, you know, him, Superman. You know, these are my, these are my guys. They're, yeah. they're the best. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, so. I haven't seen. I, well, I've seen both Amazing Spider-Man one and two, but I did not see either of them in theaters. Um, I mm-hmm. so the last one I saw in theaters was ten years ago with Spider-Man three, which was not a great one. So, really, it's been no. a very long time. Um, obviously, last year getting him in Civil War was so exciting, um, and to have uh, the, the continuity from that uh, continue on into this film, I'm I'm very excited. I, I think for a while my my expectations were a little bit lower just because we've had so many Spider-Man films, but at this point, uh, just all the buzz around it and everyone's... I haven't read any reviews, but just the general sense that it is uh, basically the, the Spider-Man film that you want. He's in high school. He, uh, you know, He's still learning to use his powers, and th- there's a, a lot of growing up for him. Um, now, I, I think the hard thing about it is that we also know that he will be appearing down the line. So not that we ever expect like the hero to die or anything like that. It's just there yeah, there's, yeah, yeah. there's a little bit of the tension um that is is not existent because we know he's going to be in the next two Avengers movies and he has a sequel and uh and then there's also the big question marks of of, of Sony because they have all these other films getting ready to film and uh that do not connect. So it, it's always sort of this double-edged sword. We we got Spider-Man in the MCU, but then there's also the big question marks of the future of the franchise. Um, but I, I think Tom Holland is looks like he's having a blast filming this movie and uh, just being Spider-Man. I, I follow him on, on Instagram, and he just <laughs> looks like he's having such a blast every single day. Um, Dude, this kid is having the best. He has... It's, it's awesome. I'm so... I'm so insanely jealous. It's awesome. He's the coolest. You know, I am. I I dug him last year in Civil War. I think he was great. I think he has the perfect tone to do it. I think he has. You know, it's also cool to see. You know, Spider-Man juxtaposed with these like big. You know, kind of older characters, with kind of a young face in there, kind of representing mm-hmm. our generation in a way, which is pretty cool. Um, I yeah, I'm excited to see this movie. I here's the thing. So while we know Spider-Man is going to live on to see the end of this film, yeah, we really, um, as much as we were introduced to his character, uh, we don't really know, you know, you know his end of the story. And I think that there is a good Spider-Man story to be told in uh, in what he can do and in the experiences we all want to see. You know, a Spider-Man. Uh, character that can play someone who really is in high school in high school um yeah. doing this and, and i think that it's going to be a wholly different movie than we've seen i mean toby Maguire was 30 when he was playing a kid you know a senior in high school yeah um andrew garfield is you know was like 25 this kid's like 20 years old it's crazy so i think it's going to be really interesting to see that i think it's really going to be interesting to 
um, you know, not go into this not knowing really who, you know, the love interest, like, is there going to be Gwen Stacy? Is there Mary Jane? Does that even matter right now? Right. You know, yeah. how are they setting this up? Like, what, what are going to be the post-credit scenes? Like, these are all the questions I'm thinking about. I'm also, I, I got to say something. So, as much as I love Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man, mm-hmm. I think it's pretty cool that he, you know, gives a shit and he loves Spider-Man too. And he wants this to be a good movie as well. Right. And that's why he's in this. Yeah, and it's having not said just that, the paycheck. It's not. Right. Having said that, I could do with a little bit less of him in all the marketing. I think that there's a little too much emphasis on Iron Man being in this film because they know that Iron Man sells tickets. Right. Iron Man is one of the top grossing heroes. Uh, you know, which is insane to think coming from where, you know, he comes from in the comic sales world, <laughs> but in reality, like, he you know, whenever he is in a movie he adds, his added value is significant. So I'm curious to see, you know, how big this movie opens. I think a lot of people, you know, will say coming in the next few days will be, will this movie open higher than the first Avengers? Um, I do no. not think so. Uh, I think that this, if it, you know, breaks over 150, that would be really excellent. I don't know if this is going to do much over 100. I think this will stay right around where uh, kind of uh, the first few Spider-Man were, you know, which is the low uh, 100 million mark, which is which I think is totally cool because, you know, as long as it showcases that Spider-Man is still this kind of a viable character... It's gonna do very. It's gonna do very well. If it does anything beyond that, I think that would be very much gravy for right. uh, Marvel and uh, Sony's relationship going forward. Right. I mean, and like we said earlier, there are a lot of other movies coming out this month, so it has competition, and it really has to prove itself that uh, not only is it a, a great film and worthy of seeing, it's a great Spider-Man film because I think going into it, there are a lot of people out there that are like, well, I've seen five Spider-Man already do I really need to see this one? But obviously people are invested in the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe at this point, and you know, they don't want to miss that entry, and this is a key one, especially well, moving forward. Yeah, but I also think that the last few movies have hurt this have hurt this franchise, and I don't think it's going to do as good a numbers as some of the other Spider-Man may have done. You know, I don't think this right. will have a Spider-Man 3 opening at all, because... You have to like. I think people are kind of confused because this this character has been rebooted more times than uh, Batman in this century, at least. Right. Well, and that's so, the key thing. It, it it's been rebooted three times within seventeen years. Versus you know, Batman goes back to eighty nine, and so we've had several different Batmans. But it's it's not the same. It, it, there have been there were years in between where it wasn't as relevant, and especially now where in the this century <laughs> we are so right. focused on superhero movies and that they come out every single year you know i mean i think spider amazing spider-man 2 came out what three years ago if that like it was 24, not 2014 2014 so it was not that long ago that's enough time for a sequel to be made and they just completely redid it um now and I'm not sure if you heard about this, but I think it's a really interesting uh, statement from Feige that uh, obviously Spider-Man, uh, Tom Holland's Spider-Man, will be in Avengers 3 and 4, but the film to kick off Phase 4 is the 
Spider-Man Homecoming sequel, and basically he said that what character better to uh, transition the audience from such a a high-level movie as Infinity War or whatever the sequel is going to be called than Spider-Man. So they're really bringing it home and you know using Spider-Man as their character to to bring the MCU back you know, back to to Earth and back to New York or wherever they want to do. Um, so I, I'm excited to see what happens down the line, um, and I'm optimistic based on uh, all the buzz around this film. Um, I think we talked about this a couple months ago, but some of the trailers have probably given away a little bit too much, so I, I'm nervous in that regard that, uh, like you said, with all the marketing uh, of Downey, in there all the time. Is he really as prominent a figure in this film, or is it uh, kind of overblown and just really a, a sales tool? Um, so, and and the other element that um, maybe you've heard about, uh, but they've talked about how obviously uh, we wouldn't have Downey in the sequel, uh, but they've talked about including another uh, Marvel supporting character in the Homecoming sequel. Now, it, if that's true. Is there anyone in particular that you would like to see going alongside Spider-Man yeah. that's from the MCU? Wow. What, an, what a concept. Right? Um, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, okay, I'll give you two, I'll give you two and, I'll know, and I'll tell you which one I think could happen and which one I think couldn't happen but would be awesome. All right. I think it would be awesome but it will not happen that it'll be a Spider-Man and Daredevil movie. Ooh, okay. I think I think that would be really, really sweet where they both go up against Kingpin on something. Like, I'm so down to see them getting together. That would uh, be awesome. Would, you know, you could throw Punisher in there. You could throw Punisher in there a little bit. That would be cool. But I think one that could happen that, you know, I think um, maybe... Uh, they maybe they could do if they keep him on contract uh would be mark ruffalo and do a spider-man and hulk movie yeah yeah no see it's funny that you you brought up two that i didn't even think of so i was thinking that it was probably going to be something more along the lines of like a captain america but then again if we if we lose captain steve rogers in one of these next coming films that's probably very unlikely. I'm just thinking about, you know, the initial bonds that he created in Civil War and how he's like, oh, yeah, I got beat up by the, this guy from Brooklyn. So that would be interesting. But it could be it could be like a, a Bucky Barnes or somebody, whoever takes up the mantle from there. But, yeah, no, I yeah, really you like... Yeah, you could have Falcon in there. Yeah, yeah. I think Falcon would be. I think Falcon would be cool, you know, he, and he could be, maybe he that could be him, like, taking up the mantle of of Captain America after, you know, Captain America has passed mm -hmm. in Infinity War. I got news for you folks. I don't think Captain America is going to make it through Infinity War. No, I, I don't think so either. <laughs> I th I think Captain America, Steve Rogers, he's he's going down. He's, I he's, the time on his clock it, is ticking. Um, yeah. Yeah, see now the the two that you mentioned, I I think how awesome they would be, they seem to be a little unlikely. Obviously, the Daredevil element, it's Marvel, Netflix, and right now, they don't really play together all that well. I would love to see that change. I would love to see some of those characters in Infinity War and the sequel. Um, and then Hulk is probably a, a possibility because we're not going to get a solo Hulk movie 
anytime soon because of the no. universal rights, but yeah, and, yeah, but yeah. he's also showing up in Thor Ragnarok this year. So I don't know if they would do that again with this character quite so soon after. I don't know. We'll see. I who who else who else could they bring in though? Like what are other? I mean, it's not they're not going to bring in Hawkeye. No. Um. Yeah. I mean, you know. Also, if they you know listen, the Tom Holland, Tom Holland, Tom uh, Tom Hardy. Venom picture, which is supposed to be in continuity with the MCU now, according to Amy Pascal. Um, wow, uh, that's awesome because now we're gonna have Tom Holland Spider-Man popping up in that for surezies. Man, I hope and so. that'll be interesting. No, that's happening, dude. Is it and happening? I think that yeah, that's happening. So. Uh, I'm excited for that, and I think they're trying to do a Black Cat and whatever her face is movie. Sil- Silver Sable um, or something like that. Silver Sable or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think that would be cool, too. Um, and just to keep it all within... I mean, listen, I they... they sh- after this movie... After Spider-Man Homecoming comes out, and they realize the goodwill that they... Because it's not really about the opening weekend for this movie. It's about the long haul. Yeah. And I promise you this movie will make a billion dollars. Like, it doesn't matter really what it makes opening weekend. This movie is going to make a billion dollars with all the international sales. Oh, international? Very, very quickly. Totally. Especially with Downey. And that, and that's the key, and I'm sure that's why they're pushing it so heavily. But, yeah, I mean, I, I hope that they bring those things into the MCU because it would just be so confusing for everyone to be like, oh, actually, Venom is its own universe with... Uh, these other people, but they're traditionally Spider-Man characters, and oh, but we're also going to use Tom <laughs> Holland, but it's sort of a different right, version right. of Tom Holland. Like it's just it's too complicated. Um, right. I I just hope that they they realize that soon enough before they uh, they make a mistake in in the in the script process. But we'll see. One last one that I have a really good idea that could be a team up movie. What about Spider-Man and Ant-Man? Yeah, that could work. That could work. I think that could work too. I I, I don't think uh, I don't think we'd get a Doctor Strange. I think they are too different. Uh, but Ant Man could be a possibility. Um, any anything else on the? Oh, we have actually one other piece of news for uh, Marvel, uh, as we've been talking about Infinity War. We uh, earlier this week, Downey um, posted on his Instagram account a photo from uh, the set, um, or at least. Uh, outside of the set, but he was with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch and Benedict Wong, um, who play Doctor Strange and Wong, respectively, as well as Mark Ruffalo, uh, Hulk. And there's a, a key thing that was sort of hidden in this uh, this photo that um, Downey's wearing just a regular T-shirt, but there's a, a very distinct cutout on that shirt in the shape mm-hmm. of a triangle. Now, uh, for our Long Lost Heroes fans uh, who may not remember, uh, at the end of Iron Man 3, uh, Tony Stark removed the arc reactor from his chest and in all subsequent films was able to power the Iron Man suit without that within his body. So mm-hmm. there's a ton of speculation around what this means. Um, uh, what, what do you think are the, the prevailing uh arguments for for why this uh this photo appeared the way it did online i to be totally honest i think this is a part of either a 
different kind of mocap, or maybe it's underneath the mocap for his extremist suit. Um, so they have said in our in certain articles that this uh, whatever mark will feature. I don't know what mark we're up to. I guess I got to take notes next weekend. Forty, uh, but fifty something, something like that. So once we figure out you know what level that is, it's it just seems like a you know a different colored and more. Uh, orbital, you know, more circular kind of suit from the evolution of the Civil War to the new Spider-Man Homecoming to this new version. Mm -hmm. But I'm excited to see the Asgardian Iron Man suit. Like, that looks crazy. Yeah, that's exciting too. I'm down for for that. So so now, the the rumors that I've heard are a little bit more heady in in that um, either... Something happened with 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 Stark's, uh, for lack of a better word, debris that was uh, in his chest, and and that they didn't get it all, and then he had to reimplant something, and, and that would be a reason why he he has it back in his chest. Another f- theory is that uh, as we're leading into Infinity War, Thanos is going to get a lot of the uh, Infinity Stones, and does this. Mm. Uh, scene or series of scenes take place after he has these stones and has manipulated time, space, and reality, reality uh, to the point where Tony Stark's Iron Man has that back in his in his chest again. Um, all very interesting prospects. Uh, it, it's not something I think anyone really expected, um, but you know, it, it, hmm. or it could even be like an Infinity Stone powered suit which would be crazy that'd be crazy yeah i guess we'll i guess we'll see only time would tell um yeah i mean listen the the shots from the infinity war set look crazy i i can only imagine the pressure these guys are under to make this all happen uh and i can't wait to see what they do i think it's going to be amazing yeah i'm very excited um, all right, so moving around, but you know, staying within uh, the same uh, general ownership and corporation, uh, Star Wars, major, major, major news came out uh, just, um, I think it's two weeks ago now, or was it one week ago? Yeah, some, um, somewhere in between, yeah. It, no, it's about one week, one week ago one week last ago. Uh, Tuesday. Um, film... Uh, Chris Lord and Phil Miller, or Miller and or you know Lord and Miller, these guys were the directors of 21, 22 Jump Street, also the Lego Movie. They wrote that. Um, they are awesome. Everything is awesome, uh, but everything was not so awesome apparently on the set of Han Solo. And the two released. Uh, Kathy Kennedy released a st- statement. Uh, as well as um, the Miller and Lord, they both released a statement, and they both cited creative differences. Now, uh, I don't know, man. I am, you know, was confused just at that point. But then a few days later, it was announced that Ron Howard was then going to be taking over the production and completing the movie. And then as we've kind of been hearing, I think that there's been other news that have kind of, you know, trickled out over time. Uh, there's news that um, you know they think that the lead uh, lead character 
playing Han Solo was appearing to come off like Ace Ventura. Um, they oh. didn't, you know, apparently Kathy Kennedy didn't like their tone on set. Uh, apparently they weren't shooting it to Larry Kasdan's uh, script, who, you know, writes it to script. You know, he tries to, you know, take it, have the directors work with him in the most uh, literal way to honor his work as possible. Um, and, you know, after, I guess, a long time of these guys doing it, which... I don't know why you would, you know, challenge their kind of comedic and lighter tone, which already was kind of discussed going into this picture. Uh, why you would um, change and and uh, want to jump these guys off mid process on such a big budget movie? There's so few times where this has actually happened, uh, right. where it happens a lot of time in in uh, pre production, happens a lot of time in post, but it does not happen early on. Yeah, while they're actually filming, or while they're do while they're doing it. Excuse me, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, you know, it, it, this this news is it's very it's very hard to to kind of comprehend. I it it makes me sad that they're they're no longer involved because I was actually really looking forward to their take on Han Solo and Lando and whatever story they're gonna tell. Um, just based on their previous work, you know, it, I think. I think what basically this, the story coming out of this is that they wanted to make a comedy film wi within the Star Wars universe using a beloved character and that Lucasfilm really didn't want to lean so heavily on that and they wanted to, uh, you know, he's a scoundrel, he's a very, uh, um, he's all about himself um, and he comes off humorous, you know, in every incarnation of Han Solo thus far in film he's been a funny character but he is not a comedic character he's not like your your Jar Jar or something he's not supposed to be uh the the butt of the joke um so it, it seems to me that there was um obviously there there the creative differences is enough for them to uh to pull the plug on them and um it, it's it's really tough because I wanted to see that film, but you know what? On the other on the other hand, Ron Howard is also a fantastic director, um, and so far with with Lucasfilm um, post uh, Lucas, you know, with Force Awakens and Rogue One, they they they've got a good track record going so far. So I do kind of trust their vision, and I trust Larry Kasdan for sure. I mean, he wrote one of the best movies of all time, so. Uh, if 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 he knows Han Solo as a character, and he wants to stick to the script, you know, I I, I can't uh, can't argue with him there. But and so if Ron Howard ends up being just someone behind the camera, I I, I just don't see his um, influence going to be very heavy on the film. I think at this point, especially since they're shooting, the script is done, that um, he's really it, it's it's just someone to 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 shoot the film. Um, but to have that big name attached is important, and it, it shows that uh, Kathleen Kennedy is sort of back in control and uh, is, is going with someone she trusts. Um, now, I was very surprised to hear that they did not push the release date at this point. Mm. I, uh, and, I mean, there's been other news behind the scenes since then um, that... I'm wondering if that that might come down the line in the next couple of months. Maybe they didn't want to package that news together, uh, that it would just almost doom the film. Um, but I would not be surprised if uh, you know, I mean this 
movie's supposed to come out in less than a year from now, and if there are truly that many issues with it, um, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I, I think it's, it also sort of speaks a little bit more to uh, what Lucasfilm is doing with these Star Wars stories, the, the ones that aren't part of the saga. Um, obviously, we have Rogue One, we've got Han Solo, um, they say they're going to make more, but we don't know any other titles at this point. But they are still very close to the Star- Skywalker saga. Um, and so it makes me wonder if maybe Morton Miller were straying a little bit too far from uh, what uh, Lucasfilm wants the brand to, to appear as on the screen. Um, we'll see. Uh, I, I would be supportive of a, a film that you know didn't focus on the character we knew before and uh, it was at a, another edge of the universe or another time period, something like that, because really the sandbox is so large and we're really only playing in such a small portion of it. Um, I don't know. It, I, I feel like I'm a little bit more uh, negative on this. May, uh, what was your feeling on it? Are you nervous about it at this point? Or? Well, I'll tell you what. I never wanted this movie to be made. Like I, I don't. I fundamentally don't agree with this movie. Like it just shocks me that you would have a Han Solo movie without Harrison Ford. He is Han Solo. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a now in the continuity of the new Star Wars films. He is, you know, officially dead. However, in this new film, he's being replaced by a younger actor who's who theoretically uh, will be, you know, joining, you know, further continuity in the Star Wars films. Um, I gotta tell you, uh, I didn't want this. I don't want this movie. But once you see Chris, you know, uh, Miller and Lord come onto it, I'm like, okay, so maybe they're gonna just play with it and they want to do a story that's different and unique. Yeah. Then when you get Woody Harrelson, and you get uh, Donald who, Glover, who else? Uh, Donald and, Glover, and um, you get Amelia Clark. Like yeah. these, you get Chewie back. We, you know, we know that uh, Donald Glover is Lando. Like this looks awesome. So all that stuff put together, it got me pretty excited. But to know that like there's so much problems with it already, and that Kathleen Kennedy, who I trust, mm-hmm. I trust this this nice lady. Because she has brought us the greatest movies of all time. Of all times. Alright? She has been on Raiders. All the Indiana Jones movies. She's produced tons of stuff with uh, Frank Marshall. She is, bar none, the most successful producer of all time. Yeah. So I trust her I that if she saw what we were, what we wanted and identified before it came out that it wasn't going to fit with us... I trust her judgment. I get that. I don't think it's a generational thing. I think it's a taste thing, because I, because she was, she, we now should all trust her because of Rogue One. Yeah. You know, Force Awakens was definitely you know her doing, but she had there was a lot of assistance in there from you know all of the powers, all the hands on deck. Rogue One, you're a little bit more you know dealing with a departure, the first movie outside of uh you know the Skywalker saga that we've ever seen so it's it's got to it's got to it's got to go much further so i don't know i i'm concerned i think having ron howard is really exciting and cool you know he's done stuff with uh lucasfilm before he did willow mm-hmm. and you know he's a a fantastic director and you know anything that he touches 
you know, Apollo 13. I've watched that movie a thousand times. Like, yeah. he brings such a unique heart and perspective and excite, you know, taste for excitement and thrilling sequences uh, in a way that really tells a story. Yeah. You know, like, think of how, you know, that scene in, in Apollo 13 where everything's spinning out of control. I don't know. He's he's just he's just great to me. Um, yeah, and obviously so, he's, he's handled space movies. He's ha- he's had comedies. He he he's yep. run the gamut. Um, he, he's a, an experienced director, a well-known name. Um, uh, even him himself has pretty good comedic timing as a uh, dude uh, on Arrested Development. On Arrested he's Development, he's hilarious. So uh, I, I, again, I. It's it's hard because I was very excited for Lord and Miller's take, uh, but I do trust Kennedy and Howard, so I'm optimistic that it'll uh, it'll become a movie that we all want to see and is successful, um, both critically and financially, uh, for us to get more Star Wars films, Star Wars stories. Uh, but I am kind of curious why um, maybe they should just give it a little bit more time in the oven before just dropping it in may um that's that's my thought but i i don't make i don't i i think it'll get pushed but they have time to push it they don't have to push it right now they they will push it later it's fine yeah because they because right now they're trying to decide if they want to announce what movie they're going to do or if they have received enough negative press in such a way that maybe they should hold off on announcing the next film push that back as well and push this back so that they, you know, can deliver on this uh, project for us, which yeah. would be fine as well. Yeah. But if they don't, that's uh, that's Disney for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, okie doke. So I think it was really cool uh, this week, uh, the 20th anniversary of Harry Potter, um, which I think is really cool. I remember getting the first books. Uh, I think I got one, two, three, and four, and then my mom started buying them and reading them. <laughs> first and you know i remember reading up to five and i think i listened to six and seven on audiobooks but in reverse order i listened to seven when it came out with my family okay uh on a road trip we listened to the whole thing on the drive from uh like reno and lake uh tahoe to las vegas through death valley we listened to the whole book and it was sweet and you the whole book comes to an end and then uh i think i read six in like college like when i got back the semester later um either way i love the i love the books i think that they were awesome the movies are pretty sweet too i think they do a good level of justice and fantastic beasts and when i find them it was a solid movie i'm down to see what happens next yeah uh anything that comes from the rolling universe i am down to see frank what do you think about i harry potter i love the Harry Potter franchise. It's very near and dear to my heart. Um, it is uh, something that uh, sounds similar to you that, that I've bonded with my family over, well, more so my sister, um, my wife, uh, and other friends. Uh, definitely remember being in elementary school and, and getting those first three or some, something like that through the Scholastic Book Orders and reading them through. I, I used to read a ton as a kid, so I... I I powered through those first couple books really fast, and then once we got a little bit older, I think it took me a lot longer to uh, to get through them. But I I did read all the books uh, when they came out. I remember there was a, a big um, release 
party sort of thing at at Borders and Comac when the seventh book came out and like all of us that and, had to be that had to be a scene oh man like everyone in, from our grade was there in costumes and we were just waiting for the books to come out it was <laughs> in the middle of July and you know I'm sure uh, some of uh, our friends probably went home and read it within the next few days it, it took me a while longer I think I ended up uh, finishing it in college our freshman year or something like that but you know I have an extreme nostalgia for the first two films I know that uh, from a more critical standpoint they're probably not as great of films as maybe some of the later ones um, but I just I remember seeing those films when I was young and I, I literally I go back and watch them every year right around in the holiday sure. time frame um, sometimes around Halloween sometimes around Thanksgiving or Christmas, but I always revisit them. Um, I, I feel like I've probably watched all the films a couple of times at this point. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's really exciting that it, it's a 20-year anniversary here, um, and, and it, it's a, a franchise that's still alive. You know, it, you know the the books completed, the movies completed, but we got the play. Um, I think last year, last summer, that uh, they released it in in book form, and it's also um, in London, um, and rumors, that, or maybe it is confirmed, to come to uh, Broadway, or at least off-Broadway, uh, here in the States. Hey, New York City! <laughs> and then, like you said, Fantastic Beasts, and uh, that, that film was great. I, uh, It was compelling, and I'm excited to see where they go with it. You know, they've there there's a lot of history in that, uh, that story that just hasn't been told, with characters that we know and love, like Dumbledore, getting... Uh, a new Dumbledore, Jude Law, is going to play him. Um, so I, I'm not even sure when that release date is, but it's probably another year away or something like that. But it, it, it's a it's a great franchise. It, it's it's hard because you know I think there are probably some fans that would love to see more from Harry and, and the core core team. Um, you know I think it's something that maybe one day would be uh, really prime for like an animated series or something like that where you you get a little bit more of the day-to-day in in hogwarts um instead of just like running through the overall storyline that you know what the big events that happen this year that happens in the movie so we'll see um i i don't think it's going anywhere there's still a, a big love for it now have you uh have you been to the wizarding world of harry potter in orlando <sighs> Have I? <laughs> I have, and I've been to both on the same day. I rode the uh, express from one side of the park to the other, and it was absolutely ab- excellent. It's it's, it's uh, so magical. Oh, it's awesome. Um, I gotta tell you, the illusion from walking into the bathroom in Universal Studios and then you're on Diagon Alley, that is the coolest. That is amazing. Yeah, it it's just it's just excellent, and it really does shine um, significantly over anything really at Disney World right now. Uh, it yeah. is such a just such an amazing illusion and experience, and I just I just lo- I loved it. I do find uh, that the other ride in Islands of Adventure where you have. I guess that's Hogsmeade and and the big ride inside the castle, the castle itself. Yeah. I do not really like that ride. Uh, I like the the ride that is in Diagon Alley. I think is far superior. Yeah. I love the interactiveness with the wands. My mom got a wand. She loved it. That's awesome. Um, 
we had a blast we got butter beer oh. um it was awesome so it good. was so awesome uh i i totally dig it um really happy that uh we got to go experience that um yeah, yeah i would be i would be down to go again um yeah i think it's really i think it's really cool that you know we all got to kind of grow up with a series i think that it's interesting because the baby boomers like they did in a way have uh lord of the rings but when people were reading lord of the rings like you know led zeppelin in the late 60s early 70s like lord of the rings had already been out for 20 years you know sure yeah so for a while people were you know kind of caught up in you know what was going on uh in middle earth um whereas you know you think about you know game of thrones obviously has a fo- you know has its own following um but these harry potter books they were really an amazing series aimed directly at us and really fed into really beautiful you know character to have in the canon of human history i'm really proud to be the generation that got to experience that growing up because yeah. nobody else will really get that experience yeah i agree you know i, I think there's there's something to be said about um uh, us as parents and sharing it with our kids and you know i'm sure there are already people that are doing that um and it especially since it's a a place that you can go to and live in uh, you can experience it in universal studios i think that gives it a little bit more and and the films are still continuing on and uh the the films have great rewatchability uh but yeah there's just something about growing up with and waiting for the the next book to come out and uh, you know the, the the next generation will not have that like we did. Um, the, the the only thing about the uh, Wizarding World that uh, gets me excited is that it, they set the bar so high that I'm really hoping that Disney tries to one up them with Star Wars World, Star Wars Land, or whatever they want to call it, because <laughs> I, I think that's another uh, experience that could be brought to life. In, in that same vein that you really feel like you're in there so but not to bring it back to Star Wars I just I'm excited about both franchises and I no. uh, I uh, I am excited to see where they go in the future with it so um, we'll see I, I, I think one thing that will probably happen in our lifetime that is kind of sad is that they probably will reboot the films at some point and maybe they'll redo them and would have another no cast. don't do that but no they, just they say, no they won't do that they're not going to do that they're not going to do that you know why because she can oh, she is a um a woman who is in control of her product and she will be able to continue to feed this fantastic beast franchise yeah um for a little while I, i'm I think thinking like 30 get years to a down different, the line <laughs> nah i don't think that 30 years down the line they will you know why because there are certain movies that are never going to be rebooted Back to the Future, you're never going to see them redo that series. I hope not. You know, Indiana Indiana Jones, you're never going to see them remake Raiders of the Lost Ark. They may make new Indiana Jones movies, but they're never going to redo this classic film. So I think that they should... I don't think that they should do that because the books are too... The books... I think a TV show sounds really cool. If you made a TV show of the day-to-day, you know, in some other part of... Uh, the Wizarding World, you could do really interesting things. If you you did a show on Aurors, you know, in the yeah. 70s when Voldemort is just coming around, like, that could be really interesting and cool. Um, I'm down, but 
I also don't think that uh, rebooting these movies, you know, and I guess a hundred years down the line when we're living in virtual reality world, <laughs> and you want to live the experience of Harry Potter, they'll reboot it with a different, you know, uh, character to base it <laughs> off of for this you know, rendering. But at that point, we're all going to be so high on the, you know, the drugs they're feeding into the tubes and cables in our brains, we won't even be able to function. So I'm down for the Harry Potter stuff. I want to get into something that I am really excited about. My little brother last year, he sent me this thing, and he sent me this article, and it was for a product that Nintendo was releasing called the Nintendo uh, Entertainment System Classic Edition, which was going to have you know, all the classic, uh, classic Nintendo games, the old school, not Super Nintendo, Duck Hunt Nintendo, Super Mario the original Super, Super Mario Brothers. You know, Donkey Kong, these kind of games. So I'm looking at this product and I'm thinking, you know, as much as I want this, you know, once this is out there, you know, it'll be easy to get and obtain. I mean, <laughs> look at the way that the major, uh, you know, systems are these days. You know, you could get an Xbox One, you know, probably used for around 200 bucks. You can get one new for 250 You know, you want to get a... a PS4 with all the bells and whistles on it, I think it's you know right still around 300 bucks or under. So having said all that, uh, I was really dismayed when I found out that they were only making like five of these uh, game consoles. And when I figured out I could not have one of these, I was pretty upset. Having said that, I knew that once uh, that had all gone away, um, that just like Dave Matthews Band released Crash after they released Under the Table and Dreaming on vinyl reissue the year yeah. they came out, 20 year anniversary, that the Super Nintendo would be coming soon, potentially for next Christmas. Right. Now, as much as I like Nintendo, Super Nintendo was the first gaming system I ever played as a young child. I consider it to be vastly superior to any of the, you know, second generation or first generation gaming entertainment systems for home use. Uh, ever, I loved all of the mainstream games. I'm not, you know, ashamed to say that. Uh, and I, I'm much more excited about this one. Yeah. And whatever I have to do, no matter what's going to happen, I have to get my hands on one of these. Yeah. Now, Frank, you're a much bigger gamer than me. You're also a much bigger Nintendo nerd than me. What do you think about the release of the uh, Super Nintendo Classic Edition system? You know, it, it's funny. I think we both have a, a similar story. Um, the uh, I think the Super Nintendo, when it came out, was prime for us as our age. You know, we're 28 years old. This the system came out 1992, 91, something like that. Um, so we were pretty young, but and the NES had been out. But it, once this thing came out, it was like everyone got it. And uh, this is the system that you and I and everyone else our age played probably all of our first video games on uh, before, you know, leading into the N64 and the PlayStation a couple of years later. Um, and same same thing, when the NES Classic Edition came out last year, I was like, you know, that's pretty cool, but I don't know, I, I've played some of those games a lot. I have an NES at home. I could always, you know, take it out of the box. Um... And then I also have... Right, but this is optimized to play on your high-def television system. Right, well, and then the other element of that is that I also have a Wii U and now a Switch. 
that I have a lot of those games, the NES games, so I have Super Mario Brothers, and I have uh, Duck Hunt, and I have Metroid, and I have The Legend of Zelda, like all those classics, and I can play them on my TV. Um, so I was a little bit less interested in getting it because those games, I, I didn't have the same nostalgia factor for those games as some of these later ones. So I, I passed on it, and then as soon as this one was announced, I immediately went to Amazon, Walmart, Best Buy, signed up for the alerts. I'm like, I want to know as soon as this thing is available, I'm ordering it because, yes, I still have my Super Nintendo at home, and I have a lot of these cartridges, and I, same thing, have a lot of these games on Virtual Console on my Wii U, but there's something about being able to play it and play it with the actual controller, um, and the other, the, the thing that gets me the most excited, actually, is that there are some games that I never played on here because I didn't have them, and they haven't been available on Virtual Console, like Star Fox, the original Star Fox, which... I I, I have I've had the original Star Fox and I loved it and it, it's an amazing game um, and I <laughs> as you know I love Star Fox 64 so much that I I played it uh, on the night before my wedding <laughs> in our hotel room <laughs> drinking scotch uh, and yeah, that it was night awesome. uh, so you know the and we got a new Star Fox game last year and it was okay but for me to be able to play a classic Star Fox I'd never played before Star Fox and then the completely unreleased Star Fox 2, which was in production and almost complete, it was going to release, it was around 1996 or so, and they decided not to release it because the Nintendo 64 was coming out and Star Fox 64 was going to come out in 1997. So they pulled the plug on it, and no one's played it. I mean, I'm sure there are emulations on online, but I've never played it, and I, I'm just... I want to. It's not going to be available on Switch. It's not going to be available on the Wii U. So mm-hmm. this is a, an opportunity to, to get those games, as well as games that I love and have played the crap out of, like Donkey Kong Country and Super Mario mm-hmm. RPG and Super Mario Kart, Yoshi's Island, Super Metroid, Link to the Past, like uh, Kirby's Dream Course. It goes on and on. You know, it's interesting. They I think this has 21 games, whereas maybe the NES had... 30, or the NES Classic Edition at 30. Um, I mean, I, I think it makes sense. Some of these games are a little bit bigger, and they're a lot longer. Earthbound is a very long game. Um, so, it takes up that extra space. I'm a little disappointed that it's not a little bit more, like 25 or so. That they, they could have filled it out a little bit more, because there are some um, glaring omissions from my perspective. They don't have Chrono Trigger. They don't have Donkey Kong Country 2 or three, I mean, I, I don't expect that one, but or some of the other Mega Man games. But they, they kind of, they they put the ones that mattered most, you've got Final Fantasy in there as well. Um, so uh, it, it's very exciting, um, but like you said, there's a, uh, a sense of hesitation around it because as soon as this thing is going to be available, it's going to be a mad rush and they're going to be sold out. And the only way to get it will be to go online on eBay or something like that and I, I just it, it's crazy to me that uh, Nintendo hasn't figured this out that this is a, a product that would be so popular and they can make so much money out of and it, you know it should be in you know your Targets and your Walmarts and your Walgreens and your CVS is just available you know in the, the little mm-hmm. game section or something like I think the thing goes for 70 or 80 dollars um, it, it, it's 
I, I just, I, it blows my mind that they're only making a couple hundred thousand instead of several million or something like that. And it's, uh, I think, let's see, the release date is September 29th, I believe. Uh, yeah, in the U.S. And then um, they are only really planning to make them through the end of the year. So 2017 ends, and if you didn't get your Super Nintendo Classic, you're screwed. <laughs> So, um, it, it's it's interesting. I, I'm sure there's some sort of strategy behind it that they maybe will one day re- be releasing some of these games on Switch and they want people to convert to that system and have some sort of online functionality. But, you know, for for other people our age that maybe aren't so into gaming anymore, this is the, the key system to be like, oh man, I love these games when I was a kid and there's the nostalgia factor. I just want to be able to plug it in and you know, like, sit around the couch with, you know, Yeah, my this friends. is what I need. It's plug-and-play. Exactly. So, we'll see. I will keep you posted if I hear anything about it. Um, and Long Lost Heroes podcast fans, I will also keep you all posted as well in, in, in case uh, there is a window when this thing becomes available because it is very exciting, and I, uh, I hope we all can get one because it, it's... It's something that I, I was hoping they would do after they, they released the NES last year. Um, so, we'll see. But I do love my Switch. And there, there's there been a lot of other Switch news, Nintendo news lately. Um, for, uh, for, for fans of our podcast, you may know that E3, the Electronic Entertainment Expo, was a couple weeks ago. Um, we were right in the middle of our uh, Dave and Tim adventures up uh, in Saratoga Springs, so we didn't really get to cover it quite as much as we would have liked. Um, And again, disclaimer, I'm mainly a Nintendo fan. I uh, pay a little bit of attention to to what Sony and Microsoft do and some of the other publishers, but my my main focus is Nintendo, and I have to say there there are a lot of really exciting announcements for me this year, Um, and uh, Probably the the biggest one is is uh, Metroid Prime 4. Uh, they they came out and said that they are making a new Metroid Prime game. This is something that people have been asking for for several years. The last Prime game released uh, in 2007, so it's been a long time. And uh, they they really showed off what the Switch can do with uh, Super Mario Odyssey. Releases October 27th. Uh, this game was already announced, but they really uh, lifted the lid and showed everything they can do with the system and uh, I'm very excited about that Um, and a couple other exciting announcements like a new Yoshi game, a new Kirby game and uh, finally a home console Pokemon RPG, uh, something that has pretty much only lived on handheld consoles uh, to this date Uh, I am just this has been something I've been wanting for 15-20 years <laughs> for them to put it on a, a home console. Now, obviously, the Switch is portable as well, so I think that's probably why they're they're going for it. But uh, it, it basically shows that Nintendo has plans for pretty much every single month uh, from now until early 2018. They have a big release coming to this system, um, and you know, it, it's funny because I I plan to bring this uh, to bring my system with me up to New York this weekend when I'm going to go visit family and pop out Mario Kart 8 Deluxe and play with some of my cousins and my my, my family. Um, now, AJ, I think you asked me about it a couple weeks ago. Do you have any interest in getting a Nintendo Switch? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm not, not really. I'm really content with my Xbox. Um, I'm excited for the next few games that are going to be coming out. I like that all the next games that are going to be coming out are all still backwards compatible on my version and not going to be uh, generationed out by the upcoming updates with the Xbox One S. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. Yeah. So what I'm hoping for is to continue uh, playing games on that system until it breaks <laughs> and uh, hopefully I get this Super Nintendo system because I think I would really enjoy playing it especially with Shayna um, yeah we have a Sega version of this we have one of those ones that you can get in a store and it's pretty awesome it's really fun to play uh, you know you can play you know old school Sonic um, you don't have Mortal Kombat you have Echo yeah uh, there's that awesome uh, Beast Wars one, I think. I don't remember what it's called. I don't <laughs> know. Listen, I am. This has been awesome. Uh, anything else this week that we want to touch upon? Anything else you're concerned with? Curious about? I don't care about. Like, I didn't watch what happened at E3 for Xbox at all. Like, that's, yeah, no, care. that's all right. I think that the most exciting thing that it sort of uh, transcends just Microsoft, but Star Wars Battlefront Two. That looks yeah, like a, that's a really, really awesome game. It, it just looks incredible. I cannot wait to play that. That's the I'll be bu- I'll be purchasing that. <laughs> that's that's gonna be mine soon. Yeah, man. So uh, I no, I don't think there's really much else to to cover this week. Um, like we said earlier, we're really excited for Spider-Man: Homecoming, and we've got some other great movies coming out this summer. Um, I know both of us are really really interested in doing a uh, Game of Thrones. Um, pre-episode before it, it comes out so we've got a couple of weeks here it's uh july 16th i believe is the release of the first episode there now i, I don't know uh what we'll be doing after that if we can i don't think we'll necessarily be do, able to do post episode recaps but uh we'll try to yeah for game of thrones you know we want to kind of see um you know what you what you guys think you know if we should be doing episode recaps or you know people enjoy those episodes um absolutely we will i think we'll probably do a recap for the season premiere um but you know going forward uh if you know if this is something people are going to want you know uh, let us know and we will make it a priority um i also definitely want to touch upon planet of the apes people have been getting into early press screenings and Really, just giving it excellent reviews, saying yeah, it's you know the best sci-fi trilogy in the past few years. Um, I have really very much enjoyed uh, both Rise and Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, as well as being a big fan of the original Planet of the Apes series. Um, I think Escape from Planet of the Apes and the Conquest of the Planet of the Apes are probably my two favorites. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I really yeah. just think that they are, um, you know, and I we could talk a little bit about the Tim Burton. Uh, Planet of the Apes and kind of, you know, how listen, dude, like, he really kind of uh, unleashed the idea of the reimagining the the quote-unquote reboot onto us, you know, we've seen remakes of certain movies, you know, happen many times, you know, Scarface has been rebooted uh, you know, True Lies is a reboot, you know, there's tons of movies that have, you know, you don't think of necessarily as remakes, but they are, but instead of being a complete shot-for-shot remake, you know, the Planet of the Apes done by Tim Burton is very different. Yeah. Kind of does something different with the franchise than is being done with Matt Reeves' uh, story, which I find to be really compelling because it's told from the side 
uh, of the apes completely, whereas in the other movies you're really seeing it more from the human perspective. Yeah. So be yeah, really excited to jump into Planet of the Apes as well, and then uh, you know if Dunkirk, um, if you want to get out and see that one, I would also like to review that one as well. But let us let us know what movies you would like us to review. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, you you pretty much hit the nail on the head. I love the uh, War and Rise, uh, or what do we have Dawn and Rise. Dawn and Rise and War is the next one. <laughs> Those are right. fantastic films. I was surprised by them, honestly. I think the first one is so compelling because it's so real. You know, it's something that can could happen in in now in modern times and you know, something like a flu that doesn't result in zombies, you know, <laughs> so, um, so I, I'm very interested to see that, uh, I, I suppose conclusion, I'm not sure if they're necessarily billing it as the final movie or not, but it's getting great buzz, and I look forward to seeing it here in a couple of weeks, so, um, AJ, you want to take us out here, uh, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, this wraps up another episode of the Long Lost Heroes podcast, uh, you can check us out, on the web at www.longlostheroes.net you can follow us at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at LLH Podcast please leave us a uh, rating or review over at iTunes where we currently live remember to subscribe on your RSS feeds folks, it's been a pleasure signing off for this week this is AJ and Frank, it's been great chatting with you this week AJ Take care, everybody, and have a beautiful 4th of July. God bless America.